Today, Pastor Rick wraps up our series entitled, Are You Serious? and looks at our final discipleship wheel. We are looking at our plan for discipleship and breaking down the steps we need to take to be a disciple. Share, connect, train to minister, and release to minister. If you've missed any of the past three sermons, you've got to go back and take a listen to how our church family is pushing into spiritual growth and the personal challenges we should all be looking for. Take a listen and accept the challenge. Good to see you this morning. Grab your Bible something you can read God's Word from, whether it's a phone, uh, an iPad, whatever you got, and open to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, we are wrapping up our series called Are You Serious? And, and we've uh, revealed these three circles, right? We started with this one. And this is how you walk your child from preschool all the way through high school. If you're part of this church, this is what you can expect from the church. This is what we expect from you. If you need tools to walk with your child, they are at the hub today. Our ministers will be there. Show up at the hub. They'll give you tools to help you complete this. And then we introduce this. This is what spiritual development looks like at the road. This is infancy, childhood, young adulthood, and mature adulthood, and the markers that identify each of these. And then today, we're going to be dealing with this one. This is the one. By the way, anybody not have one of these? Anybody need one? Raise your hand real quick. We'll get one to you. Woo, somebody did good. All right, very good, very good. So we're going to, we're going to be talking about how we help someone grow Spiritually, Now, I did not tell you that there are two blanks on this wheel. They are not intentional. They need to be filled in. That one says child, and this one says young adult. It'll be obvious when that image pops up on the screen. So Paul talks about discipleship in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And he, he just gives us a picture of what it looks like. This is what he says. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach them to others also. Here's what Paul's saying. There is truth. You've heard truth from me. I need you to be able to teach it to others, and you'll know you've done your job when they can teach to others what you heard me teach to you. It is a plan for discipleship. We're going to be talking about how we can grow in it. Would you pray with me today? Father, thank you so much um, that you have loved us well. Uh, thank you so much for, man, that, that it's fun to be here and exciting to be here. The building is full on a cold, cold day. Father, thank you for the people joining us online today. And uh, God, just speak to us. Open our eyes to, to what we need to see, what we need to hear. And Father, help us to make the adjustments you're calling us to make. In Jesus' name, amen. So where do I start? Well, last week we looked at our plan for spiritual growth. And, and we have a plan for everything in life that's important to us. As a matter of fact, I can tell you what's important to you if you tell me what you have a plan for, right? It's about that time of year. You got a plan for your garden, then gardening's important to you. You got a plan for your physical fitness. Uh, you go into the gym, you got a nutrition plan. I can tell you that's important to you. If money's important to you, you got a financial plan. We always have a plan for whatever is important to us in, except when it comes to our spiritual life. I mean, seldom do people ever have a spiritual plan. And all that says to us is while we say we love God, our spiritual life is not as important to us as some other things in life are. 
So what we're talking about is developing a plan to help us go somewhere with God, right? We define discipleship as someone who learns about Jesus, lives like Jesus, and leads others to Jesus. I heard something, man, I heard something yesterday that just, it rattled me. Um, It was a statement that said, your child is being discipled by someone, is it you? And then it listed off all these things that are discipling children, media, Culture, friends, school, are you discipling? And 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 that bothered me, first of all, because that is a very true statement. But then it hit me that not only is that true for kids, that's you and that's me. Everybody is learning of someone or something and following something. Is it Jesus? Is it Jesus? And all we're doing is putting a plan together. So that we can look at our lives and make sure we are following Jesus. So everything that we're talking about begins with spiritual birth. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus said, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is the moment we call spiritual birth. It is the moment when we recognize our sin, our need of a Savior, that Jesus is that Savior, and we make the decision to align our lives with the teaching of Jesus. We follow Him. Now, if you're here and you'd say, man, I've been in church all my life. And never in my life, man, have I ever desired to to be in God's word. Never have I desired to live like Jesus. Watch this. Appetite is the result of life. Life always produces appetite. You got no appetite, maybe you got no life. And you go, wow, you sound harsh. No, that's revelation, right? That is a moment when God just tapped you on the shoulder and said, maybe you needed to hear this. Maybe the struggle is not in the doing It's in the relating. And maybe there's never been that moment of spiritual birth in your life. So then we move to evaluation. We did that last week. Where on this wheel are you? Am I I an infant? And there are markers because Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And this is all all Jesus was saying. Love always has markers. In your marriage, love has markers. If you love me, there are the markers. Jesus said the same thing. If you love me, here's the markers. Those markers of love also become markers of maturity. This is what a mature relationship with Jesus looked like. So we worked our way through them, and you had the opportunity to say, hey, where am I? Again, not a condemnation, an evaluation. And feedback we got from lots of people were, hey, I was surprised. Some people were surprised because they thought they were further than they were, and some were surprised that they didn't think they were that far, and maybe they were. The great thing is we took the time because the Scripture says, man, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith to examine our lives and see where we were in our walk with God. Now, if I'm a parent, if I'm a parent, and I want to disciple my children, this is gold. If I want to be that person in their life that's helping them move through spiritual embassy into spiritual childhood, what we're about to talk about is pure gold. And remember, Everybody's being discipled by something. Who's discipling your kid? Man, that is, that is a weighty, weighty statement. So we're going to work through these. You got a friend who just started following Jesus there in spiritual infancy. This is how you walk with them through infancy, through childhood, through uh, young adulthood, and ultimately into spiritual 
maturity. So where we are today, each of the four categories, the wheels up here, infant, child, young adult, and parent, they have a word that's associated with them that identifies what has to happen to grow through that stage. For infancy, it's the word share. For uh, childhood, it's the word connect. For young adulthood, it is the word minister. And for parenthood, or for it is disciple maker. So we're going to talk about each of those. And this is super simple. Look at me. Look at me. Please don't check out on me. This is so simple. It just depends on what we choose to give our life to. This is not rocket science. It's super, super simple. So where do we start with the spiritual infant? Well, there are three words under the name share, three things that we do. If we're going to help someone move out of infancy into childhood, and the first one is share life. We just share life with people when they come to know Jesus. So I got a question for you. Do babies require a lot of time? How much of your time? All of it, said the mamas in the room. All of it, right? So, so this is how real that is. In our world, if you can't be with them, you got one of them little speaker dilly things, right? And a camera that sits there and watches them so that if anything happens, man, even if you're not there with them, you're, you're just steps away from them because you've realized if you are not with an infant, that infant will not survive. Let it sink in. And now you understand what has happened to the church. People walk the aisle, man, I want to know Jesus. Good luck. Good luck to you, man. Right? Just read your Bible every day. That's, just read your Bible every day. Everything you need to know is right there. And we don't walk with them. And listen, in, a, in the life of infant, you've got to be with them all the time. And it's kind of crazy because it can get irritating, right? Oh, come on. I'm not the only person ever been irritated by my own kids. So you're driving around in a car, and it is nonstop jabber. And you're like, what in the world? Why do you talk so much? Right? And, and then it's the crazy questions. Daddy, 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 what makes the wind blow? Look, dude, I'm just doing good to get home. I don't know what makes the wind blow. Right? I don't I have any idea what makes the wind blow. Why are you asking? Go back to your Barney cartoon. You don't even need to know what makes the wind blow. But watch this. An infant asks the question, what holds the sun in the sky? Because it's all new to him. It's not new to you no more. You've seen the sun so many times you don't even think about it. But that baby, that baby looks up there and goes, What did that? What did that? And, and, and it's, an, it's a flood of information into their system. And so it's just coming out, coming out, coming out, coming out, coming out. A spiritual infant's the same way. You mean the God in heaven who loves me? Why hasn't anyone ever told me? And it's just coming out, coming out, coming out. How does he love me? How, what does it look like? And it just, it just comes out. So, you, man, you've got to walk with them. You've got to share life with them. And the second thing we share is truth. We share truth. Now, when the Bible talks about sharing truth with infants, it says we share milk. Why? Because milk is what babies digest. It's very easy to understand. So what is milk? Spiritual milk is simple truth about Jesus. Simple truth, right? We're not doing deep truths. We're not talking about when Jesus is returning. We're not talking about, you know, what it's going to look like through the tribulation and if Christians are going through it. That's not, and, and listen, if you have to get your validation spiritually by impressing the people around you by talking about those things, this probably isn't for you. Thanks for the one guy. <laughs> 
right? Because, because here's the job of a parent. The job of a parent is not to give you what I want to give you, but to give you what you want, what you need. And you need milk. You need really simple truth about Jesus. Because right now, your mind's already blown by all this. So we share life, we share truth, and then we share habits. So what's a habit? I get up and go to church. What a follower of Jesus does, right? I got a connect group, I pray, I love my wife well, I pray, I read the Bible with, whatever your habits are, right? And, and they don't have to be these really, uh, I don't know, churchy habits. Maybe you listen to Christian radio. And this is why that's important. And it dawned on me this week because I hadn't listened to radio in forever. Uh, not because I'm spiritual, because I listen to sports talk. I'll just clear that up right now too. Uh, I thought, man, that sounds like you're really out there and I am not. Um, but we were going to do our series, our starts next week, it's called Behind Closed Doors. That's the old uh, Charlie Rich song, when we get behind. How many of you know that? Nobody under 40 is what we figured out. <laughs> Nobody under 40 knows those songs. And, but that got me on a kick of thinking about these old songs. And I look at my wife and I said, these things are nasty. <laughs> They're nasty. You got, man, I was Conway Twitty and I'm getting ready to come to church Wednesday night. I'm singing this Conway Twitty song and I walked out of the bathroom, half dressed. I said, babe, I'm going to tell you the words to this Conway Twitty song. <laughs> and I said, do you know what that means? That is nasty. And if you've spent 40 years listening to nasty, a new habit will change your life. So it's, it's sharing, just sharing what we do as a follower of Jesus, right? Share life, share truth, share new habit. What do you expect when you deal with babies? Our key word here is a mess. Look at the center of the diagram. It tells you what to expect from an infant. Language and behaviors are characterized by ignorance of what it means to follow Jesus. This is all new, so I still live like I don't know him. I'm going to tell you a story from my life that illustrates that. I was pastoring here. It's been many years ago. And I was working with a group of guys, and one of the guys in the group, we're doing some study together. He says, hey, this guy at, uh, at school made an inappropriate comment to my wife. Tried to put a move on her. And these guys, they, you know, pretty new in their faith, they were like, hmm, well, we need to go bag him. And I'm sitting there, I'm the pastor, and I'm like, bag him, bag him. What does bag him mean? I've never heard bag him. So I said, well, guys, what are you talking about? We need to go back him. So, well, what we do is we go wait for him. When he walks out, we throw a bag over his head and beat the ever-loving snot out of him and say, don't ever touch that woman or say anything to her again. Pastor, it works. Well, I bet it works. <laughs> right? Also get you some years in jail, right? But these guys, man, and they're dead serious. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding you. In the hallway of the church, this is unfolding. And I'm thinking, while I might agree in principle with what you're saying, a part of our faith system, this doesn't align up. What are you whispering to this guy while you're beating him? Jesus loves you. You ought to try Choctaw Road. You ought to get your life right, man. Come to church with us. So what does that look like? By the way, if you laugh too much, you've probably done that, right? <laughs> Because I know this is Eastern Oklahoma County. I know that. So what does that look like? It looks like when, when we are new to following Jesus, we still live sometimes like we don't know him. Expect a mess. 
Expect a mess. And then we move into childhood, right? Sharing moves us out of infancy into childhood. And the word for childhood is connect. And this is super short. We try to help you connect with God, a connect group, a small group, and with your purpose in life. So we're helping you discover why you're created. And please look up here at me. I, I realize a lot of material and, and um, you were writing stuff down, but understand God didn't create you just to work a job. Please get that. Please don't, please don't have the doctor look at you and say cancer and you go, I wasted my life. Because all I got to show for it is, you know, a gold watch. Right? Somebody said, good job. Because I'm going to tell you, they'll go on when you're done. They will go on. Do not, do not. And, and don't let it be your bank account. Or the car, right? We, we, get, we get our purpose in life. I, if I just had a car or furniture or whatever, please let it be more than that. Please understand that God created you for something meaningful. And here we start every service with why we were created. We believe the Bible says that when we were created by God, we were created for a relationship first and foremost with Him. Know Him. And secondly, with each other, and quality of life is determined by that. And listen, I'm old enough to know this. If you got a full bank account and a horrible marriage, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable. you got a nice house, and nobody in it can get along, and everybody's fighting. You're going to be miserable. That quality of life is determined by quality of relationship with God and each other. Now you know why you were created. Connect to God. Connect to other people. And find your purpose. So what do we expect? Well, every child you've ever met is selfish. Look at the definition in the center. Language and uh, behaviors are characterized by selfishness, right? So, so the word that we put to expect in dealing with this age group is, is it's a challenge, the spiritual age group. It's a challenge. So if your kid, if you're at home and your kid has something, they want everything that's theirs, right? If, if another kid comes over and picks up something that belongs to them, there's a fight, because that's mine. But not only do they want what's theirs, they want what's yours. Right? They want what's everybody's. So they'll walk up oh, all over in the children's part in the day. The little kids are walking over. They'll take what belongs to somebody else just because they want it. I want what's mine. I want what's yours. I want what I want when I want it. Now this looks really ugly at church. But you can always identify what spiritual maturity somebody's in when you start hearing things like, I want it my way. I want the music just like I want it because I'm the center of the universe. I want whatever it is just like I want it because this is all about me. Well, all you've told us is where you are spiritually. We love you. We love you. But now we both know where we are spiritually because that, that developmental level is characterized by selfishness. So that's a challenge, right? Because here's what's happening. The old man is dying. And he does not die easy. You put him on the ground and you make the decision, I'm following Jesus and I will choke the life out of that old man. And he will fight you for everything that is in him. Not to die. Expect a challenge. Number three, moving into spiritual, uh, young 
adulthood, and the key word is minister. Uh, we are equipping for ministry. So that, that's the first responsibility. So how do we equip you for ministry? We help you know that you were created to join God on an eternal mission to redeem the world. And we are trying to answer the question, what is my role? What do I do? Because here, here's the struggle. Most of us don't know. That's why we're content to work our job until we get to the end of life. Then we're scared. We're scared. Because we've never fulfilled our role in God's kingdom. So what is my role? What did God put me here to do? How do I join him in his purpose? Well, one of those things, and we've talked about this, is figuring out what your spiritual gift is. Well over half the people in this room could not tell you what their spiritual gift is. That's okay. That's not a condemnation. That's just, again, it shows us where we are. So we have a simple solution. Today, the spiritual gift test is at the hub. Go pick one up. Go do it. Figure it out. It's kind of fun, right? Take another step, right? And if you're a parent, I would grab two, one for you and one for your kid because you can be teaching your kid what their role is in God's kingdom when they're 10, 11, and 12 years old. And that way they don't turn out like you. Okay, again, not ugly. It's us. It's, you know, nobody told me, we're telling you. And what a great thing to sit down with your kid and watch them get, man, plugged into the kingdom before they bite into everything else this world has to offer. Right, if you're a Sunday school teacher, I would look at my class and say, next week, we're not doing our lesson next week. We're doing spiritual gifts because I don't want you walking out of my class being one of those Christians, followers of Jesus, who can't tell anyone how you're gifted. So we're going to deal with it. We're going to do it as a class together. I promise you it would be a great, great day. And after we equip for ministry, we provide opportunities for ministry. So that's the job of the church. Uh, so, you, so you go to one of our ministers and go, I need a job at the church. I need to get plugged in. The first thing they're going to ask you, because I'm going to tell them the first thing they're going to ask you is what's your spiritual gift? If you can't answer it, go back to square one. Right? When you can tell me what your spiritual gift is, because otherwise we're just hoping we put you in the right place. But once you know your spiritual gift, we can help direct you to your role in God's kingdom where you can find purpose and meaning. And then we release you to do ministry, right? Hey, you've been, you've been taught long enough, now it's time to teach. You've been giving long, uh, receiving long enough, now it's time to give. You've been uh, serving or haven't been serving, you've been receiving, you serve, right? It's time to lead. We release you to do ministry. Now, how many of you growing up ever had one of those really mean teachers as a child in Sunday school? I did. Yeah. Thank you, man. I did. Her name was Miss Stone. It was, uh, it was <laughs> Vacation Bible School. Back in my day, there wasn't much else to do in the summer, right? So Vacation Bible School was a pretty big deal. You get to hang out with your friends. And man, there's a room th full of third grade boys. And this woman who was right at six foot tall walks in, which is imposing when you're a third grade boy. And she walks in and she says, everybody sit down. Everybody be quiet. Pretty loud. And she reaches behind her back and she pulls out what I'd call a calving bottle, right? A bottle that you nurse cows with. The bottle's about this tall, and the nipple on that thing's about that long. And she says, we're not a bunch of babies in this class. You're going to act like a baby? You're going to talk in my class? You're going to come up here in front of this class, and you're going to suck this bottle. <laughs> Listen, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I promise you. All my life I've been a talker, right? 
read my report cards, talks too much, talks in class. I'm going to tell you, I was scared to breathe. I did not want to be in front of that class with that giant bottle. And, and, and that whole week, she could freeze water with her stare. That whole week was misery, misery, misery for me and for her. Right? How did she get that job? <laughs> right? If you're going to work in children's ministry, you've got to be one of the meanest 10 people in the church. No! Here's what happened. Some poor pastor saying, we're going to do vacation Bible school. We ain't going to teach third grade boys. And people sit there like lumps on the log because they don't know their gifting. They've not matured to a level to serve. And Miss Stone, out of the goodness of her heart, raised her hand and said, I'll teach them. She wasn't gifted to teach them. She wasn't talented or equipped to teach them. But she was trying to fill a gap because she didn't want the third grade boys not to get to go to vacation Bible school. What she was gifted for was being a prison warden, right? <laughs> right? And if she had asked someone, we could have helped her find an appropriate job. Here's the deal. Here's a goal. Here's a goal for you, for me, for all of us. The right people in the right place for the right reason. And you got to know how God's gifted you. And then we wrap it up with, oh, by the way, what do you expect in this category? You expect change because now we're really becoming like Jesus, right? We move through childhood. That old man's died or he's dying. He don't ever quite die, but he's dying. And now we're becoming more like Jesus and that's change. We're starting to see Jesus in us. And then we move to the last stage. And the key word for a mature adult is disciple. So we explained the process. It's pretty easy now. Uh, all my life, I guess I underestimated the power of visual learning. This thing is powerful. This is powerful. So this is what it looks like, right? Right, we start with this one. This is how you can grow your kids. This is where you're at spiritually. And this is how we move through the stages. We explain that process. We help people evaluate and we walk with them. And then we release them. Right, go do this. Go do this. By the way, by the way, look right here at me. Do you want to know why 90% of people never have any opportunity to share Jesus with someone and then walk with them until they can share Jesus? Right, do you know, I, I write questions every week for our small groups that do the sermon series as their small group time. And my first question is this, who do you know that you can say their name that has led someone to faith and walked with them until they could reproduce themselves? Well, that'll be a long wait. Right? Because we start looking and, and it, well, I, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor. Let me tell you why. It's because churches are the worst to guilt people into saying, man, you need to be telling people about Jesus. And some guy, some girl that's over here tries to jump all the way over here and it turns into a disaster. And, and even better than yet, even if you do a good job of presenting the gospel, your life doesn't back up what you're sharing. And we fall apart. I, I promise you, work through the stages of spiritual development. And when you get to reproduction, you'll be ready. You'll be ready. And then when somebody asks your kids, who do you know? They can say, my daddy. My mama. Right, I'm not racking my brain thinking of everybody I've ever known in 40 years of attending church and can't come up with anybody who led somebody to faith and walked with them until they could reproduce themselves. And then we release them to disciple alone, right? So you walk with them, then you let them go. And they go do it. So I'm going to tell you a story, wrap it up, because I'm sure I'm out of time. All my life, 
I wanted my boys to deer hunt with me to whatever hunting. I loved hunting. And uh, I have two biologicals. I have two bonuses and I have one, one son-in-law. So I have five boys in my family and none of them really, if, I, if they went, it was like a coercion and it wasn't fun for them or me. And uh, so I kind of quit. And me and the one who liked to hunt, we hunt together. And, and whatever switch flipped this year, everybody wants to go hunting. Everybody. Right? And, uh, and I'm like, well, you've never been. And you're not a kid anymore. You're grown men now. You're 25, 30 years old. And you ain't never had a gun in your hand. And you want me to hand you a high-powered rifle and say, good luck. I'm like, it's not going to go like that. So I'm going to tell you what it looked like. First day I sat with you. We're out there and I will sit with you until I'm comfortable that you don't need me sitting beside you the entire time. You have a rifle in your hand looking for something to move. By the way, I didn't take mine. And I love to go. Because it was more important to me to pass on to somebody else than it was for me to do it myself. You with me? And so we sat there, and, and we hunt a couple times till we get the basics down. And then this is what it looked like. I moved 50 yards away from them, and I went up. I went up. And 50 yards from them, above them, I watched everything they did until I was comfortable looking at them and saying, today I'm going to drop you off in the dark. You okay with that? And they would look back at me and say, Daddy is set by me. You watched me. I'm ready for you to let me go. That's discipleship. And the word that's associated with discipleship is reproduction. We expect you to produce someone who learns about Jesus in order to live like Jesus so they can lead others to Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? I... Uh, I want to remind you that everybody is being discipled by something or someone. And man, our world is working hard at it. Media, culture, everything in our world is working to get our kids. So who's discipling your kid? Who's discipling you? That's the first question. And, and are you ready to move through those stages, man? Second question would be this. Who are you sharing life with, right? Who are you pouring into? Because everybody should be pouring into somebody. You go, man, I just started this. I'll guarantee you somebody has started since you did. Everybody pouring into somebody. Who is that for you? If you want your kids to be able to answer that question, who do you know that has led someone to faith and walked with them? You got to have somebody you're pouring your life into. Or maybe as we've worked through this discipleship series, and I think it would be absolutely normal that a some people would look at their life and say, you know, I've realized I, I never met Jesus. I, I got a good dose of church, but I never met Jesus because all the things of the spiritual life are dead to me. I don't, I don't, I don't desire to read God's word, right? And life means appetite. There's no appetite. Maybe there's no life. And that, that's just a moment where God loves you enough that he taps you on the shoulder and says, listen, I want you. I want you. Maybe God would say to you, you need to plant your life in a body of believers who are doing their best to take Jesus seriously. I need you to be part of this church. And if that's where you are today, you, you step out. Victor is here at the front. Matthew is. I will be. We'd love to share with you how you can plant your life here. The most important thing that's going to happen today 
is that whatever God says to you, and I believe he's a big God who loves us and speaks to us often if we'll just hear him. Will you say yes to him? Father, thank you for our time. God, move, speak clearly, Father. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.